0: and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. All right, I would really like to welcome you all back to another episode of Inflow with Soul. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today I have one of my new partners in coaching, Tamara Jenkins. Tamara, thank you so much for setting aside time for this today.
1: Oh, thank you, Mary. I'm really excited to be here.
0: All right. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Tamara as we um, enter into this conversation. So Tamara is originally from Durban, South Africa, although she now calls London her home. She has a passion for learning and continuous improvement and holds several qualifications, including two master's degrees. One is an executive MBA, and the other is a strategic human resource management and development master's. She is also a qualified executive coach and mentor a psychometric practitioner and a training facilitator tomorrow it is my honor to share this space with you today
1: thank you mary that's uh, quite a <laughs> quite a welcome <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Tamara, it's just been wonderful to get to know you. And I'm looking forward to getting to know you even more in this conversation today and to hear more in particular about your path, about how you got to where you are now. So can we start there? Um, tell us a little bit of just enough about what you're doing now. So th- and then take us back to when you started on this path.
1: Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, I came from an extensive background in human resources and operations. First in the retail and wholesale space, Uh, I was working as part of a Fortune 500 company, and then later developed a niche in the small to medium and startup-sized businesses in ISP and technology generally. And so, you know, tech tech startups and, and that kind of thing. So, over the years, I've continued to grow and expand my knowledge and experience. And as you put there, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. So, I'm constantly striving for more and, and just to learn more. And I, it's, it's really, I mean, continuous professional development for me plays a huge part in how I remain fresh and current. So, as such, you mentioned there, I completed two master's degrees um, one was a Master of Arts in Strategic Human Resource Management and the second an Executive MBA. And then after completing both of these and realizing that I had this passion for coaching and transforming people's lives, I decided to formalize that knowledge. So I backed up my years of experience coaching and mentoring people and, and basically took on this formal Executive Coaching Qualification And then it was really at this point that I realized I really wanted and needed to start my own business. So I was on a mission to help as many people as I could. And I was just not going to be able to do that whilst holding down a nine to five job. It's just it's just not going to happen. So. um, So, yeah, I basically started my business at that point and said, right, let's um, let's get out there and help as many people as I can. So this is the um, this is yeah. the crux
0: of those stories that I love to dig into. So sure. so you're working um, as an HR executive. You are yeah. you are going to school. You're getting all of those credentials. How are you seeing or um, what is your experience like as an HR person? Are you satisfied with it? Is there an itch that can't be scratched? what was it then that ultimately said, hey, you know, this is really what I want to do?
1: Yeah, so it's an interesting one because I think a lot of people fall into two camps when, when they sort of get into HR. Either they fall into it by accident um, and, and they, you know, or, or they think it's kind of easy. And the, the other camp are the people who really want to work with people. Okay. And they love people and they think, this is a great way for me to serve people. So they, they get into HR. And when you talk to really senior executives and directors in HR, quite often I, I am faced with a sense of jadedness. They, um, they tend to become very jaded, very negative about people and it's really funny because that's what drew them to it right and and this for me was a big warning sign you know coming up through the ranks and and i was looking at it and i started to feel that myself and and a big part of that is there's a very negative stereotype around hr um, there's also you know there's just there isn't um there isn't a lot in terms of if i look at other other professions. There are a lot of professional bodies and things that you need to belong to. Whereas with HR, there's there's a large proportion of people who don't belong to any of these. You know, um, I belong to the Chartered Institute for Personnel and Development, but not everybody does. And so there is a sense of um, or, or a lack of credibility within the industry, and that really it played on me a lot because you know I I, I would sit there and think. I am fantastic. At what I do, I love doing this. But there was this negative stigma around it, and and that would constantly play on my mind because I think, gosh, am I you know am I good enough? Is right, this right. is this good? Is this great? And it was with that in mind that I then started to relook at things and say, you know what, I love helping people. I got into this so I could help people. And yes, there's lots of peripheral work within the HR space and, and fine, but that's the part that I'm passionate about. And how can I do more of that? So yeah, really, that, that drew me to the coaching. And um, interestingly, I actually got approached by somebody to become an executive coach. And I said, well, that, you know, actually that's, that's amazing because I was just thinking about this. I love it. And it, it, you know, it's, it speaks so uh, speaks volumes for the fact that sometimes things come to us in our lives at the perfect time. And, and that was it, you know, somebody, um, and in fact, she was an executive coach and she came up to me and she said, you know, I think you'd be a great executive coach. Would you want to, to do this? And I know this company that provides training and could help you. And I just said, yeah, absolutely. This sounds amazing. Um, and that's how I, embarked on the journey but um shortly after I joined the course and I I literally I went to my first session about four days after I found out that I was pregnant with my second daughter oh boy so it wasn't great timing to be doing a yeah as a, a seriously um intensive qualification but at the same time you know it's been a, a really fantastic journey so
0: what is it then about uh, was there something about that coaching program that kind uh, that set you on a different path or was that just part of the path that was starting to change and turn for you anyway
1: So the path was already starting to change for me and and the reason why I had interacted with this coach in the first place was I had taken some one-on-one coaching with her for my career um, and I had also joined a course called Ahead of the Curve, which was about um, building your skills as a non-exec director on boards. And so that was a, a 12-week program of coaching as well, where we'd meet, and um, we were meeting on a weekly basis, and and kind of you know building up those skills. And it was a fantastic course. And it was through that that I just I sat there and I thought, this is marrying some of my experience as a coach as a mentor as a facilitator because you know I love facilitating change I love facilitating training and and transformation within people and and their lives so it was just it was a light bulb that went off and said hey you know here's this opportunity here's this great um, great way for me to do more of what I love and it, it was a
0: no-brainer at that point. Uh, more of what you love outside of a, a culture that felt jaded to you. That must be really absolutely. liberating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, um, so absolutely, at that point, you know, do you, I'm sorry to interrupt. At that point, exactly. do you decide to leave your HR uh, career and start a business or what happens in this gap?
1: Yeah. So in this gap, I decide to become a mompreneur. Okay. <laughs> so I already had one daughter. I was pregnant with the second, and I thought, you know, this is this is the time. So I did. I left my full time job in HR um, as a head of H- a global head of HR for a technology startup, and I said, I'm going to take my you know twelve months looking after my youngest. Um, give her the the best foothold and then from there I am going to build my business and so that's you know that was the the absolute next step for me so I started I started a little sooner than her 12 months because I thought you know I need to start building things up and and getting things going and um, I was also doing quite a lot of the coaching I you know she was a couple weeks old and I was (laughs) palming off to the husband uh-huh. and saying, Hey, I need I gotta go do some coaching now. Yeah. So um, so yeah, but just fits it in because it was it was really exciting and as you say, liberating and really, yeah, just got me firing on all cylinders again, which I loved.
0: That's fantastic. I love that metaphor too. It just the word fired up and I don't know, it, it just I can feel it. <laughs> So, so now what is your, what does your business, um, who do they, who do you serve? What, what do you help them? What problems do you help them solve?
1: So I have a very interesting mix of, of, um, clients that I serve. And it was interesting because I was explaining this to someone just yesterday and I thought, Gosh, how do I explain this in a really great, succinct way? Because there, there is just such this this really big mismatch. But at the same time, if I boil it down into one sentence, it's you know business coach meets life coach, or business consultant meets life coach. And what I said to them was that if you think about coaching and you think about your life. For most of us, if you are running a small business and things are going horribly wrong in that small business, you, you don't have enough revenue to make ends meet, um, you're know, you you're worried about how you're going to pay your staff, etc. cetera, that's going to have a very, very real and huge impact on you at a personal level in your life. Absolutely. And your career and how you think about your prospects, right? now the reverse is true as well so if in your personal space you're feeling if you were like me feeling a bit jaded about your 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 role in HR and how you are perceived and things like that you know that daily negativity can have such a huge impact um you know for other people it may be life issues, concerns with their family, concerns with their friends. There could be a number of things, but that, again, will ultimately result in some negative impacts on you and your business because you're running the business and you're at the helm. So for me, it's about marrying those two and helping you transform your life from both sides because if your business is doing well, your personal life is going to you know, have a much more positive impact and vice versa. So my clients tend to be, I either do um, business coaching where I'm helping businesses who have issues with their revenue and profits, issues with marketing where they're struggling to convert leads, or I help with executives who are looking for the next step in the career, who are looking for, um, you know, a complete change of career like I did, uh, you know, yeah. various other things, and with that life and mindset coaching. So marrying and merging those two to, to have the greatest impact on them. And then alongside that, I'm also doing uh, non-executive director services on boards, so trying to get onto boards as a female director because, they're, you know, we need a lot more diversity on our boards. And, um, and then because it's my... You know, a a lot of breadth of my experience has come from HR and operations. You know, I'm also offering HR consultancy, which, again, I can give as part of the helping your business um, kind of improve and, and transform itself. And then finally, I'm also helping other coaches. So coaches who are looking to start their own business coaching business and need the tools necessary to be able to do so. And for me, a big part of that, and and we were talking about it um, a little while ago, is that when I boil it down for all of these, you know, different profiles of client, there is a missing puzzle piece. And for me, that was something that I identified across all of them: is that there was something missing for them, whether it be the. The revenue and profits and, and marketing that's broken, or it's the, you know, career path that I just can't see. There's this missing piece that they they are trying to find. And for me, it's about helping them not only find the piece, but then put it into place and transform their lives and really help them realize their potential.
0: So it's not just business coaching because a lot of times when I think of a business coach, um, it's very tactile, tactical, right? When uh, we think about getting results, we go back to well, what did I do? What what are those actions? Yeah. And a lot of coaching, a uh, consulting, would really just focus on what are the results? What did you do to get those results? And if you didn't get the results you wanted, let's go back and change your actions, right? Yeah, and so, absolutely. and and those that you're limited. To, uh, in that model, you're limited just to changing your actions. But when you add what you're you're talking about in terms of the mindset coaching, <clears throat> in addition to that, how does that open up uh, that coaching conversation so that it's not just about the numbers and the tactics?
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's really important because so for me, my experience has come through a lot of the strategic, the operational as well. You know, it's about delivering results in a business environment. Right. But I've also then got the, the back end of, you know, dealing in HR and people coming to me and saying, I need advice. I need coaching. I need mentoring. I need, you know, help give, give me, give me some guidance on where I need to go next. Um, and, You know that that lends itself more to the mentoring side, but from a coaching side, it's you know helping with the accountability aspect and helping with just helping people get out of their own way. Yes, you know, and that's and that's the that's generally the biggest stumbling block is that there are blockers that are are holding them back in their lives, in their businesses, in whatever it is. So, being able to offer a holistic service that can actually look at all of those elements together I think is is really powerful because why wouldn't you look at what some of those blockers might be that are holding me back from reaching my strategic objectives
0: yeah now it this also gets that this kind of coaching also gets very personal right so when yeah. when we are just talking about again tactics and you know actions that I'm going to do for my job or for my business and um But when we're starting to talk about the mindset piece and how we're getting in our own way, what what is the mindset or what is the... uh, How do you make this accessible to uh, that business owner that's just all about the doing, all about the doing, all about the doing? And you're going to say to them, well, the doing is important, but there's a whole other piece here that we need to be looking at and it's going to get personal.
1: Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that because... I was listening to a couple of your podcasts from before and last week's one, or this week's one even, where um, you and your guests were talking about stop being a human doing and be a human being. And I thought that was, re- you know, that really resonated with me. I loved that. And that is it is really important, but it's also it's it's incredibly interesting to me in my practical experience of executive coaching. How often people come to me with very strategic objectives, you know, they have these goals and they want to achieve X, Y, and Z, and how often that suddenly diverts into a completely different sphere where we start talking about their failing marriages or, um, their relationship with their children. Yes. and and it's so it's so interesting to me and it's it's again it's it's in the practice that you establish these things because you you know you go in with all your clients specifically they come to me because they want executive or business coaching right and and it's when you start to to dig deeper on questions and you start to dig deeper on you know some of the pain points and you say well why is that um, where do you think that comes from and you really start to dig deep and you you really get to the crux of it suddenly there's this breakthrough where you know your client goes oh gosh you know this is because of this childhood memory trauma or whatever right um and that it, it, it's it's fascinating absolutely fascinating because you do you just uncover some amazing amazing things. And then you start to see the results because you start breaking those blockers down and they start to see amazing results because now those things aren't holding them back anymore. Those things that they didn't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. They didn't realize until that breakthrough that that was holding them back. And now all of a sudden, you know, it, they were open for business. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I I think
0: that this this combination of mindset and tactics that you and I both offer our clients, you know, sets us aside from those business consultants that really are all about the tactics. I yeah. I will never say that tactics aren't important be, because they are, but I also I, and I don't know if I've shared this on this podcast before, but the, recently I heard an, um kind of a a description of the of how do we get to our results. So our results, according to this person, was it's one to five percent strategy, and ninety five to ninety nine percent are our state and our story, right? So yeah. we have the story. We we are always uh, looking outside of us, seeing what's going on, creating our story about what these events mean about us. Yeah, and that story triggers a state whether uh, an emotional state, right? And then we, we choose a strategy. Now, our story, interestingly enough, also includes what strategies mm-hmm. I'm willing to try and what I'm not willing to try, right? So of if course. my story is that you know calling people really is just bothering them, they, they're too busy, they don't really need to hear from me, is there any wonder that it's hard for someone to do phone calls then for lead generation? If that's yeah. their story. Right, Excellent. so so again, what we get to do with our clients is we fo- we start with the tactics. What are you doing? What are results are you getting? Is that not working? And if it's not working, then let's go back to your story. What is your yeah. story about this? How is that story limiting either your the behaviors you're willing to engage in, or um, your own belief in what if this does work? Am I worthy yeah. of the results that I could possibly get?
1: Absolutely. And changing that narrative because, uh, you know, our narratives are what guide us. And if your narrative, as you say, has a limiting belief built into it that's constantly saying to you, I can't pick up the phone because that person is too busy to talk to me. Then, you know, we we are self-fulfilling in a lot of ways. So.
0: In more ways than we probably even want to admit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Some would say completely self-fulfilling. But yes. uh, yeah, I think that's an amazing combination. And then for you, too, to be able to offer the HR uh, expertise on top of that, how, do you, how does that fit into your coaching with a business owner?
1: So, with a business owner and, and particularly, you know, my target market's in the SME and startup space because, you know, that's, um, as I said, that's boiled down into a niche for me because it, it's just been an area that I've really enjoyed and, and also have stuck around for for a long time now, at least the last 10 years. So, it, it is, has become a niche for me and in that space, there is... Are very often a lot of businesses who just haven't reached into that that area of the business yet. Right. So you know, it's particularly if they're really small, they've they've done a lot of the operational and strategic elements, but and you know they've brought on people. But for a lot of them, they've brought on all these people and kind of mismatched things and copy and pasted from here and there and everywhere, and they have no processes in place. So. Um, you know for me although it's not my focus within what I'm doing right I still offer it as a service because I realise that there is a need it is again it's just this missing puzzle piece so you know we can get your business back on track we can get your revenue working your marketing working um, you know we can improve your mindset and things and while we're at it if you need help Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me help you with your HR. Let me, you know, help you put those processes in place that will help you scale up your business. And we all recognize and realize the importance of people mm-hmm. and the people that we hire, but we don't always put the same amount of emphasis on how we go about managing, engaging, retaining those people. So, yeah. um, being able to offer that as a periphery service is is um, is quite useful as well. I, certainly, I've found anyway.
0: You know, that, again, that's a whole another set of knowledge and skills, right? There's there's whole professions around HR, but yeah. for that small business um, person who has, you know, they they want to work in their business. I want to deliver the products and services that I. I feel passionate about, and that contrasts that with the working on the business. So we've kind of talked about the working on the business bit, a little bit. Yeah. But even then, like just because I have a passion for um, helping people heal, let's say through acupuncture, I'm working in the business. I'm going to study all about acupuncture, perfect my skill sets, right, so that I get results for my clients. That's working in the business. We help clients work on the business, right? So we build yeah. those those revenue streams and and the marketing that's going to build those revenue streams, and 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 the acupuncturist is there's no fault for not knowing how to do this. How would you know, right? It, yeah, it, it's unless they your your program offered you some business development training, and even then, what? How good was that training, right? Yeah. So we've got a business owner who has this passion may not know how to build the business. We can help them do that piece. And then you can also add in this piece about HR and how to make decisions about the people that will help you grow your business. Absolutely. It's phenomenal. Because again, that's another piece that we're not often born leaders. Because yep. we our leadership skills and our leadership style is often... Um, Replicated or from the people that are around us. Now, if you had the gift of having a really strong leader, then maybe some of your leadership practices might be more effective and more efficient. But if you've yeah. never in yourself experienced a leader and you've never studied leadership at a, at any kind of intentional level, how would you know? How uh, what you're looking for when you're hiring? How do you know what to look for when you're training someone, and and what kind of supports do they need? So yeah. So tell me a little bit more than about the. Maybe give me an example of an HR situation that you've helped another client work through, and what did they get from that?
1: Yeah. So interestingly, the the one thing I'd I'd point out first actually is that going back to what you're talking about there about leadership specifically is that so often, and, and especially, you know, when you, when you're at startup stage, you hire technical specialists. You need the people who can deliver you the app that you need or, um, you know, set up your finances and, and um, get you ready for an investment round, a funding round. So, you hire technical specialists and these technical specialists are extremely proficient at what they do but they're not necessarily leaders yes and more often than not if the 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 more technical you are the less <laughs> leadership um proficient sure. you are and and it you know it just happens to be that way I'm not saying that there aren't some incredible technicians out there, um, technologists even that um, are leaders. That's that's not the case. But more often than not, you see people even promoted through the ranks because of their exceptional talents and technical abilities.
0: Exactly. And then
1: they they put into management roles, and they are terrible leaders. Yes. The other side of it is for a lot of them, they end up in those roles because they think that actually that's the next step. I should be a manager. I should be a leader. And then they get there and they realize, hang on a second, this is not what I want to do. This is, you know, I really want to be a finance director, managing finances with my head in the numbers, um, you know, and and the strategy around it. So I find that always very, very interesting and fascinating as well, because I see it so often and you you get people and, and they wonder why they're losing people within the team. And you say, well, I, I see this finance manager or I see this um, CTO of your business and he is incredible at what he does, but he can't lead people.
0: Yeah.
1: He can't, you know, she can't manage people. Um, and you're losing people as a result of it. And that comes with huge costs. And so you you asked me for an example, and and this was um, a few years back, in fact. It was when I was working in retail and wholesale. And exactly that happened. We had, um, there was a manager within a, a large team. She had 30 employees under her. And we kept seeing... or or the client kept seeing and and, and I basically uncovered for them that there was this really high turnover. And when you're kind of, when you're in the situation, it's sometimes very difficult to see the patterns. But for me as an external person, it was very easy for me to identify. And I said, hang on a second, there's been a a change in management here and suddenly you've seen this exceptional increase in um, turnover, in employee turnover. And for me as an HR person, and this is, again, where I think the the profession sometimes has a little bit of a a low credibility is that people don't always think about the bigger picture and the business impacts. They think about the the pink and fluffy and recruitment and and people, um, but they don't think about the strategy and and things that go in behind that. And so for me, looking at this, I thought, right, there there is an issue here. I need to uncover it, but at the same time, I have to do this strategically because I can't go to my clients and say, oh, I think you have a problem with your manager. Right. I need to go and talk the language that speaks to him. So in this case, he was a finance director. So I took him a set of statistics and financials and I said to him, these are the stats. This is your turnover prior to this manager joining this is your turnover post this manager joining this is all the recruitment costs you've incurred over that time training costs and really boiled it down to what the bottom line was for him so you know the amount that he was losing as right. a result of this and then in the background had to reach out to one or two of the people who had left in the past and um, because the interesting thing when when i questioned the client i said to them right so tell me why did it's very unusual or unheard of particularly in this case where it was in South Africa where I was originally from and very unusual for people to leave with immediate effect they have to serve their notice and it's kind of you know it's unusual for people not to because they don't want to burn their bridges so why in this one team has everybody who's left in the last nine months left with immediate effect? How's that happened? Right. Oh, no, they just never came back to work. Hmm. And I said, well, that just seems a little bit off to me. Do you mind if I reach out to some of these people that have left? And they said, yes, that's fine. Um, and I reached out to a couple of them. And the one of the responses I got back, I said, I'd really love to talk to you about your experience and why you left. Um, I note that they weren't able to do an exit interview with you. I have this exit interview form. If you don't mind filling it out, could you do that? And she, this particular person responded back and took my two-page <laughs> exit interview and sent me back an 11-page horror story. Wow. Of bullying and intimidation. And it was just, it was awful. Yeah. And again, it was just further evidence that I could take to back up those stats and real-world numbers that spoke the language of the finance director, and say, "And here is, you know, here is the detail of what's going on. Right. And you have a real problem here that needs to be addressed." So, um, so yeah, it made a huge, huge difference because they, they then they they eventually, obviously, had to get rid of that manager, and they implemented a new manager and uh and the the team started to flourish again okay and it was just you know it was an amazing turnaround but it was it was again something that you had to marry the the two and and you know we talked about it there as well mindset and strategy and tactical and um and coaching so all of this if you marry them together can have astounding results absolutely
0: One of the things that you mentioned there again is that you are originally from South Africa. You now live in London, and what popped into my head is a question of: you've lived in different places. To what extent, in your experience, has does culture play a role in these conversations that we're talking about—building a business, or mindset, or HR and leadership?
1: Yeah, so culture is an interesting one because I think. I think it plays a big part, but I also think it plays a very small part. And the reason why I think it plays a very small part is because we have such a global economy now. Yes. And, you know, we're all global citizens. And particularly here in London, where, you know, every next person that I speak to, hardly any of them is originally from London. It's such a diverse place. Okay. Um, you know, we, we just, we have such a multicultural society in London and that's amazing. Um, so I think that culture does, it does play a part. It, it, of course it does because in managing your business and in magic managing, you've got these various elements of, of um, diversity within your people And managing that is important for, for a number of reasons. One of them obviously being that you want diversity because you want a difference in opinion. You want new ideas, fresh ideas and having, uh, you know, having a workforce of, of lemmings. Yeah. (laughs) You know, is not going to, it's not going to help you grow your business. Right. Having diverse ideas and concepts and, you know. Having a, a mixed workforce that's made up of men and women, not yes. just, you know, not just men, not just women. Um, that's made up of people from all over the world who have a completely different mindset, a completely different viewpoint on things, that's incredibly powerful. Um, and something else that that jumps into my mind, just using the word culture there, is that the other important piece is organizational culture. Yes. So you know taking it that one step further. So having the diversity in in race, in gender, in everything else is is extremely important. Um, but then also marrying that to your corporate or organizational culture, I think is incredibly powerful and important as well. And it's something again that some new business owners overlook. They don't think about the wider aspects of building a company culture right. and they just kind of leave it to chance. And that's when you start to run into issues when you scale, because you've got this, you know, you started this business and you've started it out with a focus on, let's say, for example, and I'll use my husband's company as an example, actually. So, you know, he's just started an online lettings company and they are doing a massive focus on a business or a real estate and online lettings property company that brings humanity back into the equation, that puts the customer at the core. And those are big values for them, and it's a big part of who they are now. Right. Now, if they were to scale really quickly and grow without having those foundational values well and truly in place, that can get incredibly diluted very quickly. Um, And so yeah, so actually building out that culture and what you want it to look like as you grow and scale is is also a very important piece. And I go back to the the puzzle that you were talking about earlier. It's an another important piece of that puzzle when you're building out your business. And and you know you said it again earlier as well and that is that as a new business owner, and it was something I meant to to say at the time. As a new business owner, even if you've if you've like me done an executive MBA, you know, a masters in business administration, you may have that educational background, but it's the practicality of of actually putting it into place. And you know, you don't know what you don't know, and there are things that come up. There are things that you you come across and you think. I wasn't taught this in business school. Right. <laughs> How do I deal with X, Y, or Z? So um, so yeah, so there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of, you know, there's a friend of mine did a puzzle recently for, for the analogy again that was completely blank pieces. Oh wow. It was all see-through. So it was the oh, most difficult puzzle ever. Had to be. Um and and I just kind of think, well. You know that that, in a way, is is like a business. You've got all these see-through pieces. You I don't love really that know. analogy. Yes. That, you don't really know how the how it's supposed to. What is it supposed to look like? You know. Yes. It's, it's just blank canvas. um But it, it took her an incredibly long time to do that puzzle. I bet. and bet. Uh, and she took a picture of putting that very final last piece in, and it, it's you know it just lends itself to this. To this analogy because our businesses are just like that. our businesses have all these moving parts and all these bits and pieces. And unless we focus and become laser focused even on how we want that puzzle to look at the end of, of that and set our goals and our boundaries and our you know strategic objectives, but then also marry that again going back to our mindset and and, and how we develop ourselves and, and push ourselves forward, you know remove our blockers and be open for business. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so yeah so it's it's important that we we develop those strategies and develop what we're looking at when we're looking at our puzzles. Right.
0: <laughs> this metaphor is I love how this has um developed over the course of this conversation. And and I'm thinking back I've often used this metaphor in some regards with myself, you know when I'm thinking about my business I've said especially in the early phases of, of the business, is I felt like I have all these pieces. And if, you, if you've heard my story of the first year when I, I wanted to start a business and had no idea how to do it, I, all I had were bits and pieces and puzzles. And I didn't have anyone who could show me how these pieces fit together. Who could help me make some, uh, uh, create some decision-making rules to know are these, is this the section I should be working on first, or should I let the pretty stuff go to the wayside and let's focus on some of those foundational pieces? Um, yeah. And if I don't know right what those foundational pieces are, then I'm going to need someone to help me give me those pieces. Here's the piece that you need for lead gen. Here's the piece that you need for managing your profit. You know, we again, I love the I don't know what I don't know, but that's why we there are coaches like us out there who have a roadmap and can offer uh, our clients that roadmap of what to focus on now, because there's always a hundred things that could probably take our attention. Right. Yeah. But what are those pieces that are most important to build at, at whatever stage your business is in? Right. What are those important pieces? What are the resources you need to, to put those pieces into place so that you are building this business, um, with a really strong foundation? And you've got that clarity. You've got the own. you You were also working on. You know, the individual business owner again, helping them their identity come into alignment with this business that they're building, so that together, their energies together now creates that path for those re, those those products or those services to get to the people who need them.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because it's it's brought another thing into my mind there just as you were talking I was thinking you know it's you're looking at your puzzle you, you've thrown all the pieces out right and it's where do I start do I build from the outside from the edges yes do I build from the middle do I build it in in little sections but hang on I don't have the picture I don't have the box exactly the box is missing
0: exactly I don't
1: know what it's supposed to look like Right. So, and, and, you know, you know, as, uh, as well as I do, because we have this fantastic software um, our profit acceleration software that, you know, we can take our businesses and our clients through this process where we say, right, let's look at, let's look at your business. Let's look at where, you know, identify where there are places we can make improvements mm-hmm. and then let's development, develop, as you say, a plan. Right. That plan, that roadmap becomes a puzzle box. Yes. It's how we know what we're looking at. Exactly. Actually, we can now start to build this out. And because we've done it with your business in mind and your focus, you may be incredible at your market-dominating position. You may have a fantastic USP, but you might not be so great on pricing. Right. You may not understand how to price your product. Um, so then it's, well, now we've, we've got a picture, we've got a roadmap Mm -hmm. and for your business, I think we should build from the outside. We should build the corners first or no, your business needs to build the middle first. Let's, Let's focus on that. And I think that's, again, it's just, you know, getting that outside help, getting that outside opinion, but also somebody who is. Experienced that and who knows how to coach individuals, who knows how to identify where those issues are and then help you with, okay, this, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but here's what I know and I can help you navigate this right. and actually, you know, help you get to where you want to be. And in the process, I'll help hold you accountable in the process, I'll also help you, you know, navigate some of the other minefields. So, um, so yeah, it's, (laughs) I'm starting to, to the the puzzle piece started out as a, as a little thing that we, um, you know, we, we talked about yeah, and it's just morphing into this amazing idea that I've, I'm sort of thinking, wow, you know, this is a perfect way to, create a synopsis of what we're doing. And I, uh, yeah, I like you. I'm I'm loving it more and more. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) And, and again, this is to me, this is just a great example of how partnerships and collaborations can take an idea, a common idea um, and, and make it bigger and make it more relevant. And, 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 you know, in this case, more relevant, in some cases, more effective or more efficient And so as business owners, I think a lot of times I hear uh, from my clients just talking about, well, it feels alone, right? And you are limited to your own experiences and own expectations when you're trying to run a business all by yourself. But when you can bring in a, a partner, such as a coach, who can say all right well this is where you're starting from let's let's create this roadmap now let's both co- together collaboratively see how we can build on one another and create what it is that your business actually
1: needs yeah so something which i thought i I'd, I'd kind of cover off a little bit as well is that because you know i know a lot of your listeners out there are women yes and um, who are also entrepreneurs. Some of them maybe moms like me as well. Right. So um, I think it's it's uh, and and you know tell me if you want me to stop. But it's it's I was just thinking now. You know some interesting facts about me personally that like I love singing. Um, I love learning. We've talked about that. I love traveling and spending time with my family and friends. I have jumped out of a helicopter over the Swiss Alps. Wow. And I saw sharks up close whilst scuba diving in the Maldives. I'm originally from a small town. Well, not so small. It's probably one of the bigger towns, actually, but it's small by comparison to London um, in South Africa called Durban, but then moved here to London in 2011. So I've been here 10 years now. And I legitimately, legitimately had elephants and lions at my wedding the first time i'd ever seen them no i'm um, there is this misconception that south africans have them in their backyards. right no, that's not the case <laughs> okay. i have never ever seen one up close or personal until my wedding day when an elephant actually put mud on my dress before i went to our wedding reception wow um, so she she took her trunk and she basically wiped just on my chest on my dress so i had this lovely big mud patch for the rest of the night my husband thought I was going to lose the plot. He was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. her dress is ruined. That's it. Wedding day over. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I turned around and I said, to him, that is the coolest thing that has ever happened. I was blessed by yeah. an elephant yeah. on my wedding day. Like, how cool. <laughs> um, and you'll see where I'm going with all of this in a second. But, you know, I've I've got two very young daughters. One is four. The other one's One. And they are a huge part of my life. I love them dearly. Um, They drive me to get up in the morning and to strive to do better and sometimes drive me absolutely nuts. (laughs) Absolutely nuts. Um, My youngest, in fact, has had a really tough time recently. She started nursery and after spending her first year at home during COVID and lockdowns and everything else, she's had zero immunity. So all the common bugs and ailments that babies would usually get she didn't have any of that until we sent her to nursery a little while ago so I could start my business. Right. And that right. meant lots of illness, loads of sleepless nights for mummy, And at times that impacted my business. So what is my point? Well, how do I juggle it all? Right. Um, you know, my stint as a performing juggler in the Moscow Circus certainly helps. Well, no, not really. (laughs) I'm not a circus juggler, but I have to tell you, my mompreneur juggling game is strong. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: that's the game that counts for you right now.
1: (laughs) And this is, you know, it's just I'm serving clients all over the world. I'm helping them with their businesses and their mindsets. And the two absolutely go hand in hand and impact each other. And it just... Um, you know, although I only started the business earlier this year, I've been spending a lot of time building it up, getting marketing collateral, getting things sorted, prospecting for clients, you name it, the two young daughters in the background, you know, there's feeding and bathing and, um, and my husband who I've got feed and bathe, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, and I, I'm raising children. I I don't want them to grow up to be (laughs) a-holes. Right. (laughs) So I've got to be with them. So, uh, you know, and then there's the PTA because yes, of course I joined the PTA in my first year. Of course you did. On, you know, whilst I'm setting up my own business and everything goes that goes on with that. The relationship with my husband is yes, looking after the household, you know, and I'm very lucky. I've got a, a great husband who looks after a lot of things and helps me out, but I'm still carrying more than the lion's share. Right. And did I mention sleep? Sleep is an enigma, right? You know, constant sleep deprivation is brutal, but here's, here's the thing. I'm here. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm happy for most days. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I am living my passion. So my top tips for carrying on when there is so much on the go. Yeah. Self-care is a Necessity. Amen. It's not a luxury. Amen. It is not a luxury. Be clear about your goals. You know, you've got to have your goals and you have to be clear about them. And then on top of that, make sure they're smart. Don't, you know, you set how when you want to achieve them by and where, you know, how, when, etc. And then consistently take action. Yes. Little and often. Particularly when you're faced with having to care for your child and it means you can't work, and you just you've just right. got to suck it up and do it. We've all had to do it during COVID. I mean, right. It, last year was I was working my full time job whilst pregnant with my four three year old at the time at home, and you know we were juggling all of that, trying to get it done. It was it was so difficult. Sure. But, you know, if you do it consistently, taking actions little and often.
0: Yes. It makes a
1: huge, huge difference. And then another top tip, have an accountability partner. This can be an amazing help when you're working towards a goal because it just helps you keep on track. And I love that, you know, we meet every right. two weeks and we hold each other accountable. And that's exactly why, you know, I love it because it is about, you know, I feel a little bit beholden to you because I feel like, oh gosh, you know, I gotta go and talk to Mary again. What have I done the last two weeks? <laughs> yeah. Um I've done a lot, but still you Sure, know. sure. And um and another one is is follow your passions. I you know, I'm not saying for one second that you should pack up your jobs that you can go and eat chocolate all day. Right. All right. That's not gonna pay the bills. It might be fun to eat chocolate all day. You may not survive very long either. <laughs> but, and if you do you know, find a way to make about- yeah, and if you do find a way to make money doing that, call me up. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear <laughs> about it. Yeah. If it's either about chocolate or wine, yeah, call us. <laughs> <it. Yeah. laughs> but the point is we spend so much of our time working that, well, if you spend the majority of your time doing something you absolutely hate, you can see how that would impact all the aspects and elements of your life. Right. So rather follow your passions. There, there's a reason why we are often good at the things we're passionate about. Exactly, yes, right? yes. So yes. find your why and then find a way to monetize it in a way that will positively transform your life. And others. And, yeah, exactly. So, and, and finally, I think probably a really, really big one for me is, Get expert advice or help when you need it. Yes. So, if you wanted to learn how to play tennis, you could always grab the equipment and just go out there and play around. Will it be a great or even good game of tennis? Probably not. Right. Will you be an 18 year old prodigy that wins the US Open like Emma Raducanu? I don't even know how you pronounce her surname. But okay. Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. But for that, you would hire an expert coach, right? So someone to teach you, to guide you, to show you how, to hold you accountable, and who's going to help you through your practice and say, you are you know, you're doing this wrong or that wrong or that right and, you know, do more of this, do more of that. So absolutely, you know, get some expert help. And, and yes. those are just, that's why I said, you know, it, it was about, in terms of your listeners, I know there's a lot of them out there who are like me, who are trying to run a business and a household and look after their children and make sure they not, don't become a holes. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's all these things. So how do you do it? How do you balance it all? And it is possible, right? It's so possible. Um, but go back to that that other point as well. Is just make sure as well that self care is is built into that because it's it's a necessity.
0: It, it is, um, and, the, and that's a conversation that uh, we often have on this in these episodes. Yeah. So I'm curious, what are do you have some favorite self care routines?
1: One of my favorites is just sitting in a nice hot bath. Yeah. I love sitting in a nice hot bath with a book. I I will admit that it's not a a paper book. It's uh-huh. usually my phone. Yeah. Um, so I have Kindle on my phone, but you know, candles, bubble bath, glass of wine, yes, <laughs> book, and um, turn the lights down low, dim it, and um, maybe a little bit of relaxing music in the background. That is just I, I love that. Oh,
0: I you know, do too.
1: I'm, I'm a shower girl. I you know I sure. shower every day, but every now and then to just take a little bit of time out and sit and and I, I tell my husband I'm like. I'm gone for an hour at least <laughs> like, right. Just right. leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. I need this time and it's, it can be so invigorating. So that's, that's certainly one of them. Um, and yeah, time with friends and family, just taking time out to. And in my case as well, you know, the, with the girls, just sure. putting mm-hmm. the phone aside, ignore those emails, not, you know, they're still gonna be there in an hour or two hours or whatever it is. Give your focus to your children
0: because
1: yeah. otherwise, what are you teaching them? Right. Right. So give give them your full undivided attention. And I tell you what, I learned so much from my girls. If you just take the time to actually pay attention, right? I'll never forget when Kate was um, my first. When she was first, she was probably about three months old. And I started to note her, notice her really noticing things. Sure. From that point onwards, the way she, the lens with which she looked at the world, everything was new, everything was exciting, everything was so incredible. And it rubbed off on me because I'd look, I'd, I'd take a moment to step back, and look at what she was looking at, and go, oh wow it's a tree (laughs) yeah right and it's amazing you know it's incredible look at how it does what it does yeah and and sometimes you know just taking in those those small moments and and breathing in the fresh air and and being grateful and thankful for the tiny things that happen around us that we take for granted that's a big thing I learned from my girls it's just there is so much amazement and wonder out there in the world Yeah, if we just stop and take a moment to pay attention to it.
0: Right. Take off our jaded adult glasses, put on those young children glasses and see it from a whole new perspective.
1: Exactly. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: Tamara, I am so grateful to be in partnership with you. Um both from the personal side and, and all of your professional skills and expertise, it's really quite an honor, uh, to be oh. with you.
1: And likewise, thank you. It's just, it's, it's so much fun. It is. <laughs> it Working really with is. you is so easy because it's just, it's great fun as well as it is, you know, I learned so much from you and just oh, it's likewise, likewise, you. So let's tell them what
0: we've got coming up next. Yes. I'm going to let you roll that out.
1: I was going to say the same.
0: All right, I'll give them the title. You you tell them what what they're going to get, Vanna. All right, so Tamara and I are, are putting together um, a webinar uh, focusing on the three biggest mistakes that new business owners often make. Now, whether you're a new business owner or you've been in it for a while, this is still going to be relevant for you. So Tamara, tell them what they're going to get at the end of that webinar.
1: So, at the end of the webinar, we're going to give you the tools, the, the tips, the tricks, everything you need to not only avoid all those mistakes, but to then also be able to increase and improve your revenue in your business. And absolutely, is that is that not what we as business owners want, is more revenue in our business? we can show you how to do that we can show you how to avoid the biggest pitfalls and then mm-hmm. also turn that into actual real life revenue that you yourself can realize and see just by implementing some of the strategies we talk about
0: and i am so excited to be doing this with you um and um Again, our partnership and the way that we can play off of one another and enhance the content and make it even better, uh, it's going to be a phenomenal experience. So Great. in the description for the show, there will be a registration form for that webinar. Um, but in addition to that, I also want our listeners to know, how can they reach you directly?
1: Yeah, so you can reach me um My company's name, interestingly enough, because i talked about kind of missing puzzle pieces and I'm really essentially about this metamorphosis, you know, realizing your potential and helping you to transform. And um, my company name is Protean Coaching, so Protean means versatile, flexible, and that kind of lends itself to the offering that i'm giving because there's there's so many different moving parts so um so yeah so you can reach me on either protein um coaching on my website or you can find me on facebook linkedin um even on instagram protein coaching i'm just there so um, and protein spelt p-r-o-t-e-a-n so um so yeah in case you're wondering but yeah uh, look look out for Tamara Jenkins at Protein Coaching.
0: Fantastic. Once again, thank you for sharing yourself with us today, your story, and I'm excited to be a part of your story as we both move forward together.
1: Amazing, and thank you so much for having me. This has been really, really fun. (laughs) Hi, this is
0: Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.